listeners, this is your pop culture maven, Jeff Malone, coming to you live from New York, and you are listening to a Karaoke Corner mini-episode of That's Entertainment. On these here mini-episodes, it's just me on the microphone, typically. Will Aunt Beth ever appear on the microphone with me on a Karaoke Corner mini-up? We shall see, only the future can tell. Keep your ears peeled. Okay, before I get into the karaoke of it all, I did want to mention, did want to acknowledge another recent celebrity passing. So in our last full episode, we revealed our favorite pop culture dogs of all time, and the canine fellow that made both mine and Aunt Beth's list was a certain St. Bernard named Beethoven, and uh, you may recall that his human daddy was played by one Mr. Charles Grodin, who passed away this week at the age of 86. So, I wanted to say a few words about him, since he was such a major part of my childhood, what with me being such a big fan of the Beethoven movies. You know, it was that classic case of that grumpy dad who's like, No, I will never let a dog set foot in this house and make a mess ever. No, sir, no way, no how. But of course, he is won over by the big fella in the end. Well, not in the end, even before that. Uh, he's He remains grumpy, but he begrudgingly is happy to become a doggy daddy. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, very, very, uh, astute casting, I must say. But he had a decades-long career before that, and some other highlights that I quite enjoy were his turn in, uh, The Great Muppet Caper, where he planted some jewelry on Miss Piggy. And way back in the 60s, when he played a doctor in Rosemary's Baby, and uh, contributing to that uh, whole culture of gaslighting towards uh, Rosemary. Yeah, you see, so uh, Charles, he uh, played some uh, unpleasant characters throughout his career, but we we loved him for it. He uh, he was lovable dis- despite not always playing particularly lovable people. So uh, I'm glad to have him around, and rest in peace. Okay, now on to the karaoke of it all. And here on these Karaoke Corner mini-episodes, if you need a refresher, if you haven't listened to any of the 18 previous editions, what happens is I ask someone I know, could you supply me with the names of a few musical artists? And then what I'm going to do is, suppose we've got a scenario in which you, any of you listeners out there, are considering picking from the discography of these particular artists when at a karaoke bar, or not if not a bar, you know, some venue that has a karaoke as a recreation option, and you're like, which song of theirs is the best to choose? And then that's where I come in and offer a little bit of advice and say, I think these might be the best ones. I think... The crowd might just go wild for him, and I think a lot of different people can pull them off in a satisfactory way. 
So here's the criteria I use. I like to pick a song that's familiar, but not too familiar. One that the crowd will not groan at, because they've heard it all way too much, but instead will cheer at, because it finds a little hidden place in their heart where they're like, oh, ooh, it's, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm glad to see you, old friend. And you also want something with emotional highs and lows. And maybe even some pitch highs and pitch lows. You want to take the audience on a journey. And that arc, or series of arcs, can very well pull that off for you. So, uh, what is the lineup for Karaoke Corner 19? Well, you might remember back in September, I got the lineup from my good friend Dave Coyle, the guest on our The Chase episode, and he suggested I do some, like, one-hit wonders. So what I did was I did the one-hit wonders of the 2000s. That's, you know, the year 2000, the decade, the 2000s, the 00s, between 2000 and 2009. And, you know, so that allowed me to uh, cover some particular bands who I wouldn't have otherwise covered because, you know, if I had done, like, Crazy Town, well, the only song of theirs I could really legitimately pick would be Butterfly. But, uh, you know, if we frame the question a little differently, let's, if we consider the, all the one-hit wonders out there as one mass... Or, you know, if, like, they were one sort of super band altogether, what would this... Which ones would be the best choices for karaoke? So I uh, put this idea in the my back pocket if I ever wanted to come back to it again for another decade. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing uh, the 1990s. One-hit wonders of the 1990s, which are the best ones to perform at karaoke, and I've chosen three. Usually, most of the time, like 90% of the time, we've got three songs here for you to take away from uh, a listening session of Karaoke Corner. So, there were, uh, so you know, how do you define a one-hit wonder? Typically, you know, the most the strictest definition is a band or a singer that has only ever had one top 40 hit. You know, if we're talking the, in the United States, it would be one top 40 on the, the Billboard Hot 100 chart as opposed to any of the other genre-specific charts. But if you're particularly strict about it that way, you could end up with someone like Sinead O'Connor is a one-hit wonder because her only top 40 hit was nothing compares to you, but she's not really one-hit wonder because she was famous beyond that one song, and other songs of hers did get some attention, even if, you know, that one broke, that was the only one that really broke through in the mainstream in some way. You know, you once, I, when I talk about who's a one-hit wonder, I like to include ones who fit both the letter and the spirit of One Hit Wonder. So I'm picking out bands here that have songs that 
like only one song that I'm familiar with and that like anybody I know who's is familiar with. Maybe there are super fans of bands, maybe their hometown friends know their early stuff or you know, maybe they've continued to put out albums steadily that just haven't gotten much radio or streaming traction, but uh, they most certainly only had one song that really broke through on a wide scale. So that's uh, what we're selecting from here. So there were a few I considered, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I think uh, not quite a one-in-wonder. Like, you know, I thought about CNC Music Factory with uh, Gonna Make You Sweat in parentheses, Everybody Dance Now. Which I think is, <coughs> excuse me, would be a fun karaoke tune. But uh, they also had an, another song, Things That Make You Go Hmm, which was a minor hit. So I'm like, yeah, you know, not quite. So, uh, wh- where did I end up? Oh, I, I don't know. I also considered New Radicals, You Get What You Give, which I think it certainly does fit the one hit wonder criteria, but it's. That song's a little, uh, the lyrics get a little aggressive and personal. I don't know if you want to be calling out Beck and Hanson. It's like, what do they do? You know, those those particular lyrics I'm referring to were a little, uh, controversial. But anyway, on to the official selections. First up, I've chosen a song from 1994 from the alternative rock band Toadies. It was their big hit known as Possum Kingdom. This is a song I discovered via Guitar Hero 2, I believe. And I'm looking on the Wikipedia page. It was also apparently available as downloadable content in Rock Band 3 and Rock Band 4. This is a song with a you know, funky time signature, so it's going to catch people's attention, I think, because it's going to hit their ears a little differently than pretty much any other song they may hear. And um, then uh, it ends with a bunch of uh, shouts of, Do you want to die? So, you know, just go to town on that moment, and it can be a little... Uh, you know, People's eyes might bug out if uh, they're not familiar right away with just how many times you have to say, Do you want to die? All uh, throughout the denouement of Possum Kingdom. It feels like a a song that you would sing, like out in the swamps somewhere, where, where a bunch of possums gather around. So if you can get yourself in that mood can uh, definitely pull off a uh, Possum Kingdom performance. Okay, then moving on, a few years ahead in the decade, this song was released in 1997, it looks like. It's by the band Harvey Danger, not a person, a band. And their big song was called Flagpole Sitter, and you probably know it by its chorus that goes, I'm not sick, but I'm not well. And hopefully you'll be singing to a crowd that doesn't clutch their pearls when they hear someone talking about hell. Because the word hell does appear in this chorus. You cannot shy away from it. And I like this song as a potential karaoke song because it is friendly to pretty much all 
vocal sensibilities, and that's something I like to consider whenever I'm making my karaoke corner selections. I want something that can work for as many voices as possible, as wide a range of throats and mouths and lips and diaphragms. And, you know, so our flagpole sitter is not too te technically challenging, <clears throat> but uh, it's not flat and just lying there on the ground. You can uh, have opportunities to show off if you like to. Or uh, take it easy if you're uh, not in the mood for ripping your larynx apart. Yeah, this is uh, one that it's it works for a lot of crowds too because it's edgy but not to rub your nose in it gross in ways. You know, it's like, hey, I can sing about hell. You know, that's <laughs> and then and then it's got a funny title. What does flagpole say to even mean? There might be a meaning to it. Actually, I'm looking at it right now on the Wikipedia page. Apparently, the title of the song was inspired by the 1930 Marx Brothers film Animal Crackers, which features a line of dialogue about the pole-sitting fad of the 1920s. Well, there you go. This one works for the Marx Brothers crowd as well. And finally, we'll uh, pick a... To complete this trio, we're going to go with a song that was released in 1999, so the end of the decade. This is, oh, this is a classic of the poppy alternative era from the band Len. It is, of course, Steal My Sunshine, and this is a sunshiny song, and it's kind of irresistible. It's, you know, it's... it's Goofy. Also feels like a warm embrace. That little you know that little percussion beat. It just guides you along. You're gonna hold steady. It makes you feel confident that you can sing as well as you need to. It's like impossible to sing a bad version of Steal My Sunshine. And you could do it as a duo if you want to, you know, because Len was, uh, a, or was or is, are they still together? It uh, consists, it's a brother-sister duo, Mark and Sharon Costanzo, and Mark takes the first verse, and then Sharon pops in for the second. And, you know, it tells a story, it's, it's uh, got some storytelling lyrics here, so, uh, it, it will certainly take the crowd on a journey. And hopefully you will be inspired by Robin Hood a bit. And you will steal that sunshine from the rich and give that sunshine to the poor. We've been poor the past year or so, not being able to go to karaoke bars as much as we would like to. So I would certainly love to have some sunshine, metaphorically, whenever I next return to a karaoke bar. Some literal sunshine would be nice too, but we're already getting that right now. I'm recording this on a very sunny May day, so we don't have to worry about that too much.
Okay, that's uh, another edition, another successful edition of Karaoke Corner. Let me know what you thought. If you have any other uh, one-hit wonders of the '90s that you think would make great karaoke choices, uh, please let me know. You could uh, let uh, that uh, opinion be heard on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you could email us at uh, that's entertainmentpodcast at gmail and Beth and I will be back together next week, if all goes according to plan. And we should have a, a special guest as well to discuss Superman, and Lois, and other editions uh, of Superman. That'll be our next full episode, and uh, it should be a good show. And uh, in the meantime, you can go ahead and keep your remotes handy and your eyes open. I'm not sick, but you steal my sunshine.